welcome. How's it going? Super all right. Awesome. Anything new and exciting in your world? No. COVID-free. That's good. So we had an interesting conversation. Was it last night? This has prompted my question for today about, I think it was last night. Maya came home kicking herself. She had a physics test kicking herself that she was so stupid, but she had to pee really bad. And so she was just so flustered that that she couldn't. And she was kicking herself because she made a really silly mistake. Everybody else got 1.7 and she got like 6.4 for the answer. And so she was going through and teaching me. And I, I can't remember what I had said, but you came in and she told the story and I made another like teasing her. I'm teasing her. Mm-hmm. And what did you say? Something about heckling. Well, just what would she prefer, right? Like, would she prefer that we were the type of parents that chastised her for the mistake or heckled her for the mistake? Right. So my question stems out of that conversation, just thinking about what do you think our role is in our children's schooling? Oh, I think as soon as they go to the school, it's the school's problem. I don't need to participate. (laughs) That's why I let them go to school. Um. My role in their schooling. Well, let's let's be really upfront about this. I am not the scholastic wonder that many people might take me for. I was never. I didn't like school. I didn't like the construct of it. I never liked. I like learning, but I learn in a far different way than institutional learning occurs. So, I have always had a different approach, maybe not different, but I've never, I don't think tests are the end all be all. Right. So I don't, I see my role as, I don't even know if I have a role. Our kids are, I don't know when they have homework because it just gets done. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know. I'm not on them every night of, do you need to get this done? They come home and they just start their homework. Like they, they, even Willow is now apparently getting homework and She's studying for a test. I had nothing to do with that. I didn't tell her she had to. I didn't tell her, um, you know, you got to be on it. Like, I remember when I was a kid, my mom and dad were on me. Like, Were they? Oh, but they knew it's because I wouldn't do it. I don't even think my parents knew what grade I was in. It's like, I'm, and I'm being serious. I really don't think they even knew what grade I was in. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I think the difference is though, I hated school. I was vocal about the fact that I hated school and I was vocal about the fact that I hated homework. So I think mom knew that if she wasn't riding me a little bit, it wasn't going to get done. It just wasn't because I'm the prototypical kid that I could finish my homework in the 15 minutes before class started in the morning and pretty much get by. Okay. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, But our kids aren't like that. So I guess when I do interact with their school, when I'm not heckling them for a mistake they know they already made, <laughs> but I guess that's part of it as well. Is we I do don't need a lot, yeah. I don't need to beat them up. Like Maya knows that she can come and talk to me and say I screwed this test up, and I'm not going to lose my mind. Like 
okay, so what have you learned? And that's what I used to ask them all the time. Well, what did you learn? How did you get it wrong? Right? Do you know why you got it wrong? Like, I don't care that you got it wrong. Do you know why you got it wrong? And they do. They know exactly what the mistake is and they know exactly how to fix it. And it rarely occurs twice. So what good is it going to be to me to look my in the eye and go, you do realize that drops your average down to a 67. She knows. She knows better than I am. I do. So I have to answer a slightly different question. Other than driving her to school because she hates the bus, I have very little to do with her schooling. What I do take seriously and where I do think my role um, needs to be is in teaching her stuff and teaching her how to learn stuff. Mm -hmm. I don't care about school. I'm never, I'm never ever going to be like school is it you have to be in school you got to go to university i see merit in all of that but i also as the person that i am really realize that it's not for everybody mm-hmm. right people learn in different ways you school is like an uh, like an iv for you of drugs that make your life better like if you could hook into academics maybe not maybe not the one that crushed your soul but you like school you like do teaching I- yeah do I, when did I like school? You like school. Okay. And I mean, in the sense of maybe, I mean, I wouldn't say it's, you're not banging the drum about it, but you spent, teaching maybe. you spent, you know, 17 years, 17 of, years university. of university. <laughs> so I Why of, didn't I become a psychiatrist? No, but uh, I think, but, yeah. but it comes down to, to, for me that the answer is my role isn't related to their school. My role is related to them learning. If there's an opportunity for me to teach them something, I'm going to teach them something, whether it's something big or something little, right? And it's it it can be just passing moments of, like I find more and more as the kids get older, I'm telling them these things like as we go through the day, like look, this is why you want to pay attention to blah 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 blah, blah right? Because if this person and you know just that's what I think my role is. My role, I'm not an academic. I'm not a scholastic person. I'm not going to be able to sit down and. Like I have zero clue how math is done anymore. Like you and the girls talked about math. It's like aliens came down and gave you a new language and floated away. <laughs> and I go, okay, like Singapore math and this. And like, oh, I, I, I don't get it. Right. I don't, yeah. because that's not how I would learn. Base but anyways, 10. yeah, I, my brain is not wired to retain templated information like that. Like I, I couldn't do a multiplication table if you paid me a million dollars without having to Google it because my brain is constantly shedding stuff. I don't use. I don't use math like that. It's called pruning. Oh, is that an actual term? Yeah, it is. So does that make me like highly efficient brain wise? Well, I think it does. I, I let's I yeah, So I'm highly efficient brain wise. No, it's highly efficient brain wise. Cause I prune. It's cutting away all of the neural networks in your brain that you're not using. If you want to, sure, sure, we can call it efficiency. I don't like how you said it. Like you said it in a way that makes it sound like my brain is getting smaller. I said it in a way that you uses said, information oh, is God. Um, but yeah, for me, it's, it's more around my role is to teach them that learning doesn't ever stop. And there's always opportunities to learn whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But if you sat down right now and said, hey, the girls are struggling with their homework and they're talking about the globalization unit and you need whatever I can make my way through it. 
but yeah, I, I am very similar to you. I don't care if they go to university. I, I think I talked before about how screens are the number one thing that parents are butting head. The very next close thing, and maybe, maybe it's a rival with screen times, it's around homework and studying and academics and parents are on D2L or power school or whatever it is to check their kids' homework. Man, I don't even know. Like I get on there when the kids say, hey, can you pay for my fun lunch or buy my yearbook? That's about the only time I will ever go onto that program. Yeah. And, and and maybe if you're a teacher, we are bad parents for not checking in on our homework, on their homework and stuff. But first of all, I don't see the value in homework. The research doesn't support it, especially up until high school. There is zero value in homework. So if the girls have it and they want to do it, that's fantastic. That's fine if they want to do it, but I'm not hounding them. I don't know. Like, I barely know what courses Maya is taking in high school. I know the one she hates because that's the only one she talks talks about. about. I'm there to support her if they ever said, hey, mom, I need help with this. But they don't because they just get Well, but they did. Like, Maya... Yeah, they don't get it from you. Well, yesterday she's trying to explain the physics and she's like, don't make fun of me as though I think she thought I know physics. And she, I think she did because I think she was like the way she was talking to me. I think she was waiting for me to jump in and correct her. No, but but (laughs) when she was younger and when she went to university, when she went to uh, secondary, she struggled with math and she came and said, I need help. Yeah. You two don't do well in a teacher student scenario. No, so never we got a tutor yeah. very quickly. Got, she asked for a tutor. She did. And yeah. we got it for her and it was awesome. She only used her for a short time, figured out that she knew how to do it and moved on. Um, and then went into AP math after getting into, like 32%. Yeah. Totally. Right. So, so um, in those instances, I want to, I want to be careful because it's not that I don't pay attention to what they're doing. I only pay attention to the results in the sense that if they come to me and say, Hey, I made this art piece of art or, Hey, I wrote this story. I want to see that. Mm-hmm. I don't care about the exercises. I don't care about, you know, the tests. I don't, yeah. I, yeah. I realize there's merits. I realize learning how to accomplish tasks on deadline is an important skill, et cetera, et cetera. I don't think that the current education system is structured in such a way that it fosters learning for the sake of learning so much as learning for the sake of funding. And yes, we're doing a podcast. Well, I have good material for your podcast. It just occurred. Hold please for this commercial interruption. Hello. So we're using pickles cards to like scratch her card to scratch her thing. And they were like cardboard, some of them, as I was scratching it. And I was like, these are cardboard. And she was like, but how does cardboard hold money? She thought the money were in the cards. Not that it was the barcode that you scanned. Like she thought the money was in the cards. So sorry, gift cards you're talking about? You thought money was actually in the gift cards. Yeah. I'll allow that. I'll allow that for one reason. There's a direct correlation between the money she thinks she needs to spend and the the tool she's using to spend it. I don't think that's too far off. But where would they store the money in that card? Like, where do hot dogs go at night? 
We don't talk about that. Right, exactly. And Our daughter. Also, or like the what size jeans? They're like skinny or sometimes ripped. Okay. All right. Good night, ladies. Good night. Love you. Love you too. We're back to our regular program. So maybe we should have a different conversation. So the hot dog thing, our oldest 15-year-old thought hot dog stands were just a Hollywood movie thing. Didn't know it was a real thing in the real world. They're like unicorns. So maybe we should have a different conversation about it. So perhaps the question isn't because we were we were on a roll there about how great we are and our kids are smart. And one of them thinks gift cards have money somewhere embedded in them. And the other thought hot dogs were imaginary. Hey, McDonald's needs employees too, right? Like Someone's gonna be pissed because they're a McDonald's employee. Their kid, their, their kids Only are there. I shouldn't have said that, but no, it's true. Like you were I McDonald's worked, I worked, I loved. You turned work. out fine. I loved working at McDonald's. You I loved it. It was awesome. so much fun socially. It was fantastic. That's where I made friends, had boyfriends. It was a lot of fun. Anyways, um, so maybe Greasy we're little teenager boyfriends. <laughs> so I see it. It our. I talk a lot about how kids need to be accountable to different people before I've used coaches, for example, Mm -hmm. here, they've got to be accountable to their teachers. Teachers shouldn't be calling us. It should be a conversation with the students first, always. Right. And it really should be, how are we going to work this out, bud? And, and yet asking meta questions and, you know, maybe that's a whole other different topic that we can go spiraling into. I see us as, using Socratic questions to help support our kiddos, not telling them what to do. You need to do this. Have you done this? It turns into nagginess. For us, it's yes, the process of learning. And I always say, because I do assessments all the time and I and parents are overwhelmed because now they know that their kiddos got ADHD or dyslexia or dysgraphia or dyscalculia, whatever. Disco what now? Dyscalculia. That's so, not a real word. <laughs> learning disability in math. <laughs> Carry on. (laughs) Okay. So they're overwhelmed. What do I do? And I say, your job as a parent, first and foremost, is to instill the love of learning. If you're always hounding them and being on their case about their homework and their tests and about this or that, they're never going to love learning ever, ever, ever. They're just going to be defeated and annoyed and they're just going to want to get through it. And, and I see a lot of kids who will just put in, I only need 65 mm-hmm. to get credit. So I'm just going to put in Z's enough get degrees, man. Yeah. To get that 65. Right. And, and there's, they're just never seeing the joy of the process of learning. And so that's the thing, even if the content sucks right now, Maya's learning about Christopher Columbus and she's feeling it's a waste of her time, but it's the process of learning and it's yeah. Finding the joy. Like we love reading as a family. We've instilled that love for reading right? We'll mm-hmm. sit like tonight. That's what Maya wanted to do. We ended up doing the podcast, but she just wanted to sit and read. Let's do that as a family activity. So that's our role is instilling that love and then being there as a support. So when they're struggling, it's not us telling them you need to do this and this and this because tomorrow we're also then again, have to tell them do this and this and this, they're never bringing that to themselves. But if we say, okay, how are you going to break this down? What strategies are you going to use? How are you going to get started? I have whole workshops on these meta questions, getting mm-hmm. them to think about their pro- process and their strategies. How are you going to know it's done? How are you going to make sure you hand this in? You know, it's asking those questions, but only if they ask us for the help like for, for needing that help. And there's been times where Maya's like, oh crap, I've got something due this morning. I'm like, oh man, that kind of sucks. Sucks to be you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because she realizes it's her responsibility. <laughs> Excuse me. Sorry. 
Yeah. And I, and I would agree with that. I think it comes down to, I don't want kids that, that are good students. I want kids that are good learners Yeah, and take it upon themselves. If they are interested in something to go learn about it. Yeah. I don't care what it is. And to your earlier point, I don't really care about university either. I, I again, I see the merit. I, I understand the benefit that something like that can bring, but I am equally high on go get a trade, go get something practical, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't need to be, I've talked about this book before. I might've even mentioned on the podcast, but Shopcraft is Soulcraft, right? Where this, this uh, Matthew Crawford gave up a life as an investment banker, successful investment banker to be a small engine mechanic. And the satisfaction he got out of completing tasks with his hands that were considered blue collar, not really worthwhile, never really going to be anything important, far outweighed any of the joy he got from what was considered to be a fantastic job that he went to university for and made insane amounts of money doing. And I, I 100% subscribe to that, that it doesn't need to be so thought jobs replaced blue collar jobs. Um, in the general population as being the more important path in life. And it's not, and this comes back to the earlier point because there's, there is something about a job that requires you to take on new problems and learn how to solve those problems. That is much more rewarding than going to university, doing the same job, over and over and over again, using the same six skills that you learned in university when you came and moving up the corporate ladder and blah, 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 there, what is the satisfaction in that, right? You've learned how to do a thing. You haven't learned how to learn and you haven't learned how to continue learning. Um, so a bit of a sidebar, but I think for me, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if they go to university. It matters that they find something that they enjoy and challenges them and continually pushes them to keep learning. And that's the key to keep our brain healthy. Even yeah. I mean, our brains uh, age slower than our bodies, but we're seeing so much more. We were, we've been talking about this this week. We've been seeing so much more Alzheimer's and dementia and things like that because our bodies were never meant to live past 60, 65. And so now our bodies are living well into, you know, eighties, nineties. And that's why we're seeing our brain decline, but if we can keep it active, but the only way we're going to do that. And it, it's instilling it early, that love for learning. And I'm fortunate because I do love, yes, the hoops that I went through. And there's a lot of red tape and crap that I had to go through in university that wasn't great at all. You mean like the going to university and learning and sitting? Yes. I didn't love it that much. Some of it was okay, but I love my job now because I see Like, I just love the kids that I work with and I get to do different things all the time. Every day I'm at a different place. Different problems to solve. You see the the outcome of your efforts. There's a tangible effect on the world around you. Right. Yeah. Right. That's, that's, so you're, you're the equivalent of a brainy blue collar worker, Right. right? It's the same principle. You are, you are going and doing something that fulfills you challenges you and ultimately improves the world around you. Mm-hmm. Right. I like to think that I would do that, but you know, my jobs don't usually do that. Right. But outside of that, I feed that urge by learning and 
taking on new things and yeah. all the same stuff. Yeah. And you do pick up on those hobbies and stuff, the woodworking and things like that. Mm-hmm. I do. I always say that creating is the foundation of all happiness. And so even the girls, they love going out like Maya doing, helping you make the chairs and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like she just loves that kind of stuff, which is great. So, yeah, but I mean, your job has a very big social component. So you're always connecting with people. And I think that that's this job. Yeah. That's yeah. currently. Yeah. And I think that that's huge as well. Yeah. That's definitely fulfilling. Like I, and to me, um, the role of, of, yeah, the networking and the, and the learning about people and learning about their background and treating each connection as an opportunity to learn something that's what makes it interesting right it could very much be a prescribed lever pulling type job if you allowed it to be but that's not how we're set up or how we approach it which kind of makes it more enjoyable and so you've got skills that people just you can't learn in university right those people skills you are incredible everybody loves you and is drawn to you and wants to be with you and you know like i just i think that those are, aren't skills that just your way of being you put everybody at ease and even the kids when they're in the penalty box, they're like, Oh, I love when my dad is in the penalty box with us. Like, well, that's because I usually good. agree with them and say the girl that they just hit deserved it. They <laughs> smile and laugh, and then we make fun of the other girl. No, I, it, 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 I find, I find people fascinating. I love uh, people watching. I love interacting with people. It's enjoyable as a group, as a collective people suck <laughs> as we've, experienced over the past two and a half years ongoing but as individuals and as connection points people are awesome right they're nuanced they're thoughtful they're interesting you know and and that is enjoyable which makes that social component super easy because you just have to really genuinely want to learn about it right and that to me is one thing i want to make sure the girls learn Mm -hmm. right is when I'm behind the wheel of the truck and I say something like people suck, I mean the person in the Hyundai in front of me sucks. I don't mean in general. I want them to go out and learn about people and engage with people and learn things. And they will. But again, it comes down to the same thing. My role in their education isn't confined to checking boxes and signing permission slips and endorsing the, 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 construct of the education system my role is to identify opportunities where they can improve when the opportunity presents itself but ultimately teach them that the learning what you're learning isn't as important as knowing how to learn and wanting to learn the process versus the content yeah and that's a good summary and i think for me it's the process and instilling that joy for, yeah. for lifelong learning. Yeah. I think that that's really important. So finding our kids strengths and capitalizing it and using their, those assets. And oftentimes their assets are the very things that frustrate us. Mm-hmm. You know, if you think you've got a really aggressive bossy kiddo, they're probably going to be fantastic leaders, mm-hmm. right. Or negotiators. And so how can we actually turn those into strengths and be able to capitalize on that. And so they're not feeling defeated all the time to fit into the normal, the, the, the bell curve. Yeah. We got to break out of that curve and create their own curve. You know, I really see that that's a big piece of this. Excellent question. Alrighty. Thank you, everybody. Please take a moment to subscribe. If you haven't already spread the word about parents of the year, 
let everybody else know that there's others out there just as bad as they are. And we're dishing out advice. And we'd love to hear from you. If you've got mm-hmm. any questions that you have that you want us to chat about, we would love to hear from you. Yeah, reach out. Bye. Bye. Bye.